0: So, well, good morning. Welcome. We're excited that you're here. Now, this this was inadvertent this morning, but we kind of made it work. This was a kind of a picture of abiding, of just resting and just being in God's presence together. It was really awesome watching the worship team warm up this morning. They were just kind of all in a circle, just participating together and just abiding in God's presence. And so that's what the message is about this morning. So that worked out uh, pretty convenient. Actually, the problem was, is we had a door that was locked and we couldn't get into all of our stuff, so that's what we just had to do. But isn't, like, isn't it just like life? Are there ever times in your life where you just have to call an audible and do something different? Like you had this plan and you went in, the expectation was a certain way, and then you get there and it didn't quite work out that way? You ever had that happen? Anybody? Ever had that happen in your life? Thank you very much. That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. I uh, I had this plan. I was going to go to... I was going to go to the movie Woodlawn. Did anybody see Woodlawn this weekend yet? Have you seen it? Was it good? Good movie. Well, this movie, we actually recorded the Lord's Prayer right here in this building, and that recording got sent, and it's in the movie. Now, it's not just us. It's thousands of people, but our voices are in that movie, and so I was so excited to go. I get there, and I get my ticket purchased. I go. I spend $13.00 on overpriced soda and a popcorn and then something happened and I had to had to rearrange my plans and I had to come home. On my way home, I have this drink. Mediums are no longer mediums anymore in the world we live in, are they? They're larges. Too large to even fit in the drink holder in your car. I know that's a first world problem, by the way. First world problem when your drink container will not hold your drink. And I accidentally did something and I hit it in half of that $5.09 Coke went all over the inside of my father-in-law's car. All right? He doesn't listen to the podcast. He's not here this morning. Don't tell him about this, okay? I'll clean it up before he gets a chance to drive ever again. Okay, that's fine. So I get, it, I get it picked up, and I get home. I take what's left of the popcorn. Half of my popcorn is still left. I figure I'll save it for later. I set it down on the counter. I do get to go watch the Royals win, by the way, which is kind of cool. That was a byproduct, Yeah. That's right, you won't clap for my sermon, but you clap for the Royals. I see how it is. I'm feeling, feeling your love right here. I should play baseball or something. But anyway, so, so then I go back later on in the evening. I said, oh, I'm going to grab some more popcorn. I pick up the popcorn container. There happened to be water on the counter. I picked up the popcorn container. Guess what the popcorn does? All over the kitchen floor, which I had just recently mopped and swept earlier that day. Have you ever had a day like that? Have you ever had any moments like that in your life where you're thinking, seriously? I mean, once again, it's a first world problem, but it's still a problem. And I just wanted to share that with you so you know that you're not alone if stuff like that happens to you, too. Well, next Sunday, I want to encourage you to do two things. I want to encourage you to come to church because something's going to happen next Sunday. It's a surprise I'm not going to tell you, but it's never happened here before. Ever. In this building, in this room, I promise you, this has never happened before. And so you want to be, I mean, hopefully you're intrigued by this. So be here, come early. Oh, by the way, by the way, we usually start a little bit later than we typically say we're going to start. Let's try to get in the habit of coming and be ready to go by 1030, okay? might promise me you'll try to make that happen, okay? Let's try to get rolling by 1030, because for one, next week's going to be busy and some, that, the surprise is going to happen right at the, towards the beginning. So you want to be here for that. Plus, after the service, after the service later on in the afternoon, we are doing an outreach into our community at Pumpkins, etc. for our families. But it's not just for families, it is for anyone who wants to come. To come out, be around the, the kids, we're going to decorate pumpkins, we're going to have some food, we're just going to hang out together, we're going to have some music, uh, some live music playing, we're going to, to just be a part of that. But the real purpose of it is, is to try to encourage other people to come that aren't connected with us, and, so that we can get to know them. Because you, one of the basic things we can do, is we can introduce people to our people. I mean, think about it, like, man, I, I, I love, I got some really cool people in my life, and I want other people to know those people so if I bring people and introduce them to you, don't be weird, okay? Just be cool, be normal, all right? Just be yourself, but don't be weird. But just, like, love on them, have fun with them, and just get to know them. And maybe, just maybe, they'll follow you back to right where you're at today. I mean, that's our hope, right? It was our hope that they would come and be a part of our community. I need to fix this thing real quick. Hold on a second. I'm on a short leash. I think he's pulling my, pulling my microphone down. All right. Next Sunday, we will not do communion, by the way. We usually typically do it at the end of the month. But we won't do it because of the surprise, because of all that's going on. So Sunday, the, no, the first of November, we will we'll do uh, communion, Just if you want to just prepare for that as well. We've been on this journey, this series, uh, with uh, spelling out the word reach. The first Sunday, we received his salvation. We put our faith and trust in Jesus. We crossed over from death to life. We're given life not just for eternity. We're given life for right here, right now. We're given gifts to serve in his body. And last week we talked about enlisting, E, enlisting in his body. How can I serve? How can I use what God has given me to bless other people? Because that's why you've been given it. It's not only to, to bless other people, but to bring glory to God. That's why you get, got, have those gifts. These people who sit around and who stood in the circle this morning, they have gifts that they're using in the service for his body. And you have gifts too. And I didn't get real super practical last week, but we have some basic needs right here in the church right now. So we need people to serve. Now, you always have to be careful doing this because you never know what you're going to get when you do this, okay? But one of the needs that we have is we need someone to serve on Sunday morning to make coffee, Okay? Just to sign up, to make coffee, to set out the, the trees, to, to a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of hospitality gift would be necessary, okay? Uh, first of all, uh, you don't even have to necessarily have to love coffee, but at least know how to make it, and you also have to like people, all right? If you don't like coffee or people, this is probably not for you, okay? Matter of fact, if you don't like people, I'm not sure what you can do in church, yeah, because we don't want you outside greeting people. That would be bad if you don't like them. That would not be good. Um, but, but so in this particular case, coffee, you would need to maybe have a gift of service just to serve people. Uh, what do you do? You show up at 9 o'clock and you make coffee. That's what you do. And you set the stuff out. We have all the stuff provided for you. Now, if you are interested say, I could do that. You don't have to do it every week, by the way. You can just do it once a month. and get it set up on a schedule on a rotation. There's a guy named Brian right here. Brian, raise your hand. All right. Brian Key is his name. Okay. He will help make sure that you're on the schedule and you know where to be. He'll make sure you know what to do. Okay. So if you want to help make coffee, there you go. The next practical thing. This is the area Where we struggle the most, every church that's ever existed, maybe since the beginning of church life, is in children's ministry. Everybody's putting, they're sitting on their hands right now. They're not going to raise their hands at this particular, this area of ministry because we're, because we're afraid. Kids scare some of us, you know, because they're, they, they're needy. Just like husbands, they're needy. And so, spiritual gift may be a gift of teaching, or just a gift of mercy and compassion. You just want to love. and Because some of those little kids, they're scared. And they're, they're, not without, they're without their mom. And they need someone to comfort them and encourage them. So basic qualifications. You have to like kids. If you don't like kids, don't serve in the kids ministry. That's bad. Bad for you, bad for the kids. Don't do that. You need to maybe be able to communicate basic biblical principles. There's a lesson that's provided for you. And basic uh, little teaching lesson and some crafts and things to do. What do you need to do? Show up (laughs) on Sunday morning. You can come at 9 if you want. Don't be any later than 9.30. Come and make sure that you are prepared and ready to go. Help set up the room. And uh, love on some kids. Wipe some noses. Bless some parents. That's what it is. It's a blessing to parents by serving and teaching these kids biblical stories, so they, ra- they grow up and they know, they know these basic things. So for right now, who do you need to report to? Directly to God, all right? He, no Report to my wife. Raise your hand, wife, okay? My wife is going to share a little bit later on this morning, so I'm excited. She gets, she'll get to talk about me instead of me always talking about her. If you've ever wondered what your spiritual gifts are, how many of you have ever taken some type of a spiritual gift test or an assessment? Any of you guys, some of you guys have done that? Okay, uh, real simple way to do it, real simple way to do it is to look at spiritual gifts. it's plural, test.com, spiritualgiftstest.com, okay, you can go right on there, you can take a test, it'll give you the results immediately once you're done, and you might say, you know what, I knew that all along, I knew I was kind of wired that way, but I, now I'm putting some language to it, and it'll give you a list of all the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the Bible and ways that you can use those to serve. And so ultimately, we would really love for you to find a place where you love doing it, and you're really good at it, and you're gifted to do it. Because that's a blessing to you, and a blessing to the people you're serving. Okay? So that's just real simple. We'll put that, I actually put the, uh, that particular link on Facebook, on our Facebook page, and we'll get it on our webpage, and you can go right to it, and you can figure out how to do that. But here's the thing. If you're going to serve, and this goes right into the message about abiding, if you're going to serve and you're going to do it effectively, then you have to stay connected to the one in whom you're serving or the reason why you're serving. And it looks a little bit like this. It's like you're holding on to the cross and then you're serving and you're giving. But you've got to stay connected. Somehow, some way, touching Jesus staying connected to Jesus in order to serve effectively. Because if we get away from him and start serving for the wrong reason or out of the wrong motive or without his energy and his power, a couple things are going to happen. We're going to maybe commit ministry malpractice and we're going to hurt somebody or we're going to hurt ourselves or we're going to wear ourselves out. And then it's not going to be effective for you or for everybody else around you. It's true, isn't it, that some people walk in to an organization like this, into church life, with a, some type of ulterior motive. Maybe to somehow gain access to, to a power structure or whatever it is, to somehow manipulate or, or, or to influence people in a not-so-holy way. But my promise is, is, if you stay connected to the vine, to Jesus... And you love him and allow him to love you, your motives will be a lot more pure than if you don't. Okay? So that's that's kind of the connection. Do we do we have access to those pictures? Do we have them up there? I want to show you a couple pictures from this is a I confess this to my wife. This is a mum. It's not a healthy mum. And I'll tell you why here in just a second. (laughs) Go to the next picture. This is a mom. This is a healthy mom. And the reason why it's healthy, can anybody tell me why this one looks different than the other one? It's not. It's your house. (laughs) You didn't plant it. Somebody didn't take care of it. It didn't get planted the same way as the other one. We were given these moms... And I had the responsibility of transplanting two of them out of their original container into the earth. I thought I could handle it. I thought I had this. I I Googled it. I watched a video, how to do it. No, I didn't do that, but I should have. And so this one was successful. I got it out of the container. I got it planted in the earth. I put some potting soil down there. I watered it, prayed over it. The other one, go back to the other one. Why is this one look this way? Can, can you tell me what I tried to do to, to remedy this deal? All of those things snapped off as I was trying to get that out of the container. And they're no longer connected to the root structure or to the, to the vine, if you will. And so I thought to myself, some plants you're able to just plug them right back into the ground, right? Yeah, Surely this will be the same. My wife will never know. She now knows. <laughs> and it didn't work. Like, I, th- I watered it. It's like, oh, please. I just propped it up. I propped it up to where it looked like the other one. And I thought, surely it'll be okay. It'll, like, it'll, like, it'll reach out for nutrients in, so- in the soil and the water. No. It didn't do that. There is some true spiritual application to this little problem right here. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about abiding. Oh, a couple years from now, I won't be able to do that anymore. So let's pray. So Lord, we come we come here this morning... And all of us could say at one time or another, we have not stayed connected to you the way you would want us to. Maybe not intentionally at all. Maybe it was a slow fade where we just kind of drifted off. Or maybe we, we have just made some choices where we've abided or just... That we've connected ourselves to other things. Other things that seemed good in the beginning. Or maybe even things that we knew were not going to be good for us, but yet we connected ourselves to those things anyway. And then the, the fruit that was produced looked more like the first plant <laughs> than the second one. Well, God, I praise you that you are so gracious to us. And that you, you are, as the gardener, you are able to transplant us and and plug us back in because of your grace and because of your mercy, back in to the true vine that brings life. Because of your forgiveness and because of your, your, just your love for us, God. You just love us so much. You're able to, make us healthy again, and to produce good things in us, and we praise you for that. There's hope for us today because of that, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to you about this this morning, the, the word to abide in the New Testament, which was primarily written in a the Greek language, the word is meno, Emmi N O for abide. And here's the meaning of it it means to dwell, to continue, to be present, to be held, to be kept, to rest, or to be continued in. That's that, that's that picture of abiding, to be held. And I got a, I got a cool image of that, um, better than the ugly dying plant. I got a great picture of that this, this weekend. When I was holding and feeding my granddaughter. By no choice of her own, she was abiding with me. Resting, kept by me. In my arms as I was feeding her. And she was holding on to my finger as she was, she was eating. And she just kept looking at me. And I wondered to myself, I wonder what she's thinking. What is she processing in her mind as she's looking at me, and as I'm looking at her, and I mean, I know what I'm thinking. And I'm just looking into her eyes. I'm thinking about, man, one of these days, she's gonna be bigger, and she's gonna be talking, and we're gonna be having conversations. And and uh, and I'm just thinking, man, I hope as she gets older, that she loves. Jesus with everything that she's got. I hope she learns to rest in Jesus like she's resting with me. Because you know what? At this point in her life, it's not her choice. But when she gets a little bit older, she's going to have to choose to abide in him. And I hope that we will be some type of influence on her to see that that's important. That her mom will model that for her. That her uncle will model that for her. That Jesus is the thing that is worth being present with. And He's the one that's worth being connected to. There's life dwelling with Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew meaning for this phrase to dwell is yashav. Yashav. And it means to sit, to stay, to abide. To dwell, to just dwell in his presence. Look, in, look at Psalm 27. Turn real, with me real quick. Psalm 27. And we'll look at one other psalm real quick too. In this, Okay, so think about this thought of dwelling, abiding, resting, and the benefits of These things. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when it, my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And listen to this. One thing I ask of you, Lord, or of the Lord This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. To dwell with Him, to seek Him, to stay present and connected with Him. Turn over to Psalm 91. This was kind of cool. This particular passage of Scripture was... uh, was read on Wednesday morning in a group of students that I was, was, was hanging out with. And then it was read again on Thursday night, completely separate occurrence. And as soon as my friend said, hey, there's this verse, uh, this p- psalm I've really been kind of meditating on recently, and immediately I thought, I bet she's talking about Psalm 91. Sure enough, it was Psalm 91. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He goes on to talk about how He will save him and rescue him. And and though all this is going on around him, God is there present with him. And you know, isn't that, that's kind of everyday life, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience difficult times because you're dwelling in God's presence. No, we know that's not true. We know it's it's evident in our own lives we've We've walked through difficult times, but it does mean that he is going to be present with you, abiding with you, and it, it's really it really comes down to this. Just like Amelia cannot choose to abide with me now, and she'll have to choose or choose to abide with Jesus now, but she'll have to make that choice later. It's really our choice. Are we going to choose to dwell with him and abide in him? And the benefits are amazing. Listen to what it says in verse 9 of Psalm 91. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. And this one particular uh, um, study that I was reading was this picture of you walking down the path and all these things coming against you and you're just kicking them to the side because you're dwelling with God and you're not, you say, you know what? Yeah, these things are coming against me, but I don't have to fear. Don't have to worry because I have victory over those things because of whom I choose to dwell with. And then it says, because he, the one who's dwelling with me, loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him and I will protect him for he acknowledged my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's is a benefit of staying connected. That is the picture of, of the plant who looks healthy and beautiful and the one who does not look so good. The primary passage of Scripture that I want to teach out of this morning is, is obviously John chapter 15, if you know anything about remaining and being connected to the vine. So turn to the New Testament of the Bible. To John chapter fifteen. Where we Get on time make sure I save time for my for my bride. So Jesus is preparing. He's preparing his, his closest followers, his friends, for his departure. He's getting them ready. And he's giving them some great words of wisdom and telling them what they need to do in order to continue to exist without his physical pres- presence, because he had just promised them that the Holy Spirit's going to come and live inside of them, so they're not going to be alone. And so in 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does not or that does bear fruit he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful. Which by the way, if God prunes was pruning Jesus so that he could be more fruitful, you can expect that as a follower of Jesus, he's going to prune you too. And sometimes it hurts a little bit, but the growth and the beauty that comes is amazing. Just even like if we do it right, those moms, if we prune them and cut them back the right way, come next fall, they'll come back again and they'll be beautiful and they'll be even more fruitful than before, which I've yet to figure out how to do that effectively. Maybe you can tell me later. Jesus said in verse 3 You were already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And it's cool that Jesus was the word made flesh. They got to hang out with the Bible. Well, you know what? We do too. By the power of the Holy Spirit and through application of God's word, we get to hang out with the present word of God. It's our choice. So Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. And it says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So quickly, what are... Some benefits of abiding. What's the blessing that comes in abiding and being connected, remaining? Well, from these passages of Scripture that we've read, we can see that you're going to bear much fruit. What kind of fruit? Okay, Galatians chapter 5 talks about nine different fruits that the Spirit produces in us as believers. Nine different ones. Okay, all right? Who can tell me a couple of those fruits? love, gentleness, faith, joy, goodness, self-control. Okay, those are the things that come out of, those are the fruits that are produced. Now let me ask you something. Are there some of those fruits that we, we could benefit from in our life? Anybody need more self-control in their life? Yes, both hands. (laughs) You know, goodness, kindness, Gentleness—all those things are being produced, and some of those things are are flowering, and, they're, and they're, they're getting ready to bud. Some of them are like just there's fruit just dropping off the vine because off the vine because you're so you're so connected in that particular area. But we all need we all need work. Staying connected to Jesus helps bear those things. Answered prayer it says, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be yours. And it's not a genie, it's not a vending machine, but it's connected to God. You'll know what to pray. You'll know the right thing to pray and ask for because you're connected to him. Bringing glory to God, plus showing who it is that you belong to. Do you know that by staying connected to Jesus, people see that. They see who it is that you're hanging out with. You know, we always tell teenagers, you know, you are guilty by association, (laughs) or innocent by association, but who you you hang around matters. Matthew 11 says that we can find rest in abiding with Jesus, because he says, come to me if you're weary and heavy burdened, I'll give you rest. We can also avoid consequences of sin. We can enjoy the blessings of obedience by staying connected to the vine. And we can experience peace because Jesus is the prince of it. How many of us could use more peace in our life? Well, it comes in remaining and staying connected. So I'm going to ask my wife to come. I'm going to give you some practical, practical application. Come on up you need a a, a, um, a stand Are you going to write down here? Okay. All right. So, one of the practical ways that you can stay connected to Jesus is by is by developing some type of a a daily if you can quiet time or devotional time. And I I'll, I'll just be honest with you, my wife is so much better at this than I am. She She inspires me in this particular area. That's the reason why I wanted her to share. So this is my wife, Trish. Yeah, it's on. Okay.
1: There is no circumstance of life in which I cannot abide in Christ. I'm not the only one that has props. There is no circumstance of my life in which I cannot abide in Christ. as a girl I remember observing my mom spend hours reading her Bible studying to teach a lesson or walking around the house practicing her scripture memory and I would think now that is how I am supposed to have my quiet time well Satan took a hold of that thought really fast, and he set out to confirm that by my actions through the years of just this defeated and shame-filled attempt to be like my mom. And so uh, as I would struggle through those seasons, I came upon that quote. There is no circumstance of life in which I cannot abide in Christ. That's from Oswald Chambers. I happen to be In my devotional one morning and that really stuck and I started really thinking to dig deeper what does this mean and in the book of John talking about abiding in the first chapter where Jesus is first calling his disciples that is where he first teaches them how to start abiding and it was for every season of their life under every circumstance we are to abide in Christ so, when you're young, and you're raising kids, and you've overslept, and your schedule is chaotic, you have too many commitments, you have pop beans spilled in your car, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, A way is, get your tablet, get on your uh, TV. Find Pandora, find YouTube, and pull up some great worship music. Abide in Christ through your chaotic day. Through exercise, through uh, my walking, I can put my earbuds in, go to my, my playlist, and listen to some great, great worship music as I walk, and I abide in Christ and I listen to him or you can also call friends and pray with them over the phone. <laughs> it's a good one too. Man, on seasons of really disciplined early morning hours with God I have my devotional. Um, with my Bible you can really dig in and and just be quiet and listen to the Lord it's so when I go through my prayer list, I can really be on my knees during those seasons I'm gonna have my Bible for this one too during seasons of connecting with other women to be in the Word and to study together and do life together it's very important abiding is that and then my favorite not that he uh, I like him being gone but when Brady is on a mission trip or he's traveling the kids are at camp or they've gone to see grandma I don't know but I have extended times where I can journal I can write poetry I can write out my prayers I can do all those kinds of things during all those times not every time is it um, a light bulb revelation moment with the Lord not every time do I really feel the sense of his great love over me but a lot of the times those things do happen and so bottom line someday I am gonna be like my mom
0: she does um it does inspire me i i'm i'm it's i I compare it like this some people are better at preparing the meal if you will like scripture or whatever and just sitting down and really just spending time enjoying it i'm kind of i'm more of an on-the-go kind of like devotional like as the, as the Spirit speaks, as things are going on, as uh, I, I hear a quote, or I, I hear a song, or I see uh, some scripture, or I study studying, getting ready for Sunday, and I'm like, there's a few moments where I just kind of like, whoa, I just need to sit back and rest in this particular thought, or in this particular moment. The danger is, is for you to get to a place where you, where you feel like, oh, I'm such a failure when it comes to this. I don't, You know, I don't spend an hour on my knees every morning like some people do, and therefore I'm never going to be used of God. Do not allow the enemy to to win in that particular argument. Instead, as you think about it, as you find time, press in. Choose. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. Look for those moments throughout the day and throughout the week to to pray. I, i got a great prayer time in my car when I'm driving down the road. I'm just praying and thinking about uh, whoever God puts on my mind at that particular moment. Whatever is on my schedule for that particular day. Say, God, just give me what I need for this moment. But I do encourage you to find time and find ways to expose yourself to the Word of God. If it is through an app on your phone where you can listen to this, you know what, you can actually listen to the whole Bible be read to you through apps on your phone. And so therefore, even if you're not a good reader, you don't have an excuse, especially if you have uh, some commute time. Listen, let God's word wash over you. And then the the last thing I want to share with you this morning as we finish our time, we're going to go ahead and band, come on up. I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to abide in God's presence. Right where you're at or if you want to come up and have someone come up and pray with you, or whatever it is you feel led to do. But I I really feel like it's necessary, because I know it is necessary for me, to maybe even spend some time this morning asking God to forgive you for abiding in something other than Jesus. And it could be something as simple as I just spend more time doing this than I do in the the presence of the Lord. Or I get so wrapped up in all the other chaos going on in my life, all the needs everybody else has. You know, that's where I can be very, very guilty and I can be be really careful about this. I can get so caught up in trying to meet your need that I don't get my own met. I've got to stay in this place, Right? If I'm going to be any good to you at all, I have to stay here because then I don't have anything to give you. Worldly wisdom is not the same as as God's word. It's just not. There's not that. There's not as much power in it. And so, let me just pray. And then, if you if you want if you want someone to pray with you, if you want to anything that's going on that you just want to come and and. And abide in God's presence today. Stay connected. Whatever it is that God's leading you to do, we encourage you to do that. So, Father, we come to you right now. And we thank you for this chance right here. Like, I mean, church is a perfect place for us to abide with you, Lord. But, I, God, I pray that we would see the, the, um, the importance of not just eating on Sunday morning but eating all week long so that we can experience the benefits, the rest, the peace, to even feel loved maybe for the first time in a long time by you. Father, forgive us for pressing in and connecting ourselves to thing that it just did not pr- produce anything good in us. And we thought at the beginning it was. We thought this was going to be good. And we got tricked into plugging ourselves into it. And then we realized that the fruit that we, or the nutrients we were getting from that wasn't producing anything good in us, God. And so let us walk away from that and transplant ourselves back into the true vine. And thank you that you are the master gardener, You're so much better at gardening than I am, Lord. You can make things grow again. Make things grow in me, Lord, as the pastor of this church. Help things to grow in each one of these ladies and gentlemen that are here, in their homes, in the places that they work, in the the places that they, they find themselves dwelling in throughout the week. Let it be so. In Jesus' name. Amen.